All right, so got to get your thoughts. Last night, game two, Montreal-Vegas. Montreal comes away with the split. That's really what they wanted. They didn't need to win both games away. People, myself included, lost a little bit of confidence after they lost game one, saying this is, oh, great, here we go. But, you know, you can't expect to go into a barn of 18,000, 20,000 fans, whatever it is, um, on a, the second seed of the entire NHL and come away with two victories. They came away with one. Is that not enough? Um, do you watch any of the highlights last night? What are your thoughts, Montreal? Do you still have them in seven? Um, Montreal in seven. I can't go back on my word. Uh, I fell asleep. Uh, those games are on so late. But uh, I got the gist uh, and saw the stats. Um, this is the best case scenario. You can't go down two to Vegas going back to Montreal. That's That's tough. Um, and the recipe, I mean, to split a series in Vegas, that's all you can ask for. Um, this is now a series, right? Going down to, like I said, is, uh, is, uh, is a big challenge. The recipe to win for the Habs has been, like I said earlier in the preview this week is just, they got to score first. They got to score two to three goals and then they got to just kind of secure the lead and let Carey Price do his thing. Um, they're playing like a, a locked in team. Uh, every time I've been a Habs fan my whole life, I remember the 93 Stanley cup championship vaguely. I mean, it, it's kind of a distant memory. Um, but I followed that team. I used to watch 82 games every season, all that. Um, and I'm always getting disappointed, you know, Habs roll into these situations and you're like, ah, they're not going to. They're not going to split the series. And then they split the series. Uh, they're not going to come back 3-1 from the Leafs. They come back and win. Uh, they're not going to probably win against Winnipeg, but I'll, I'll take them in seven. They sweep them. So there's got to be something going on here. There's something special happening. Like you said, Vegas and I think Nashville are probably the two hardest markets, they say, to kind of play in as far as crowds and, and fans. Um they were down 3-2. You know, Vegas came back fairly quickly and made it a game. And you are thinking, oh, man, what's going to happen here? Habs are up 2-0 the first period. Uh, they, they each scored a goal in the second period. It's now, you know, uh, 3-1. And then they scored that third goal uh, in the third period. And uh, you're thinking, well, what's going to happen here? And that's what's got to happen. they got to score enough goals because you know they're kind of going to catch up this is a vegas team that was down colorado i believe a few like in the series and in yeah. the games and they come back and they score goals in bunches and so i'm not saying this is a wrap but it definitely sets up the habs in a better position it's a series yeah now we have a series the uh to break down the game a little bit more like you see look at uh montreal and you look at their penalty kill it's it's just something i'm, I'm not uh a big fan of but it's obviously working statistically it's been the best penalty kill in the uh, in the playoffs but they they do i don't know if you've been watching i, sh I should have pulled up some uh uh some video of it but uh if you've been watching it they, they have like a, a triangle so usually if you play a triangle uh for those that don't know in when a five on three situation you have two at the bottom and you have your one guy up top and that they kind of play that with a modified uh triangle because they have four people so they have almost two people right in the middle. And um, it's something that makes me really uneasy. The Leafs, uh, it, it, it's used to, to cut down the wings. So I find that great when you play against 
Ovechkin, you play against Matthews, you play against these guys that have the shot, the deadly shot, and I'm not saying Stone and Pacioretty don't, but, mm-hmm. and, and it's working. Like, it's the stats prove that uh, they have the best penalty kill. Uh, we'll see if we can find it here a little bit, but it's just something that uh, hasn't been, it's, it always makes me nervous, and maybe it's just the Montreal team itself uh, making me nervous. Uh, and then, on the other end, you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who we have to chat about a little bit, we knew this was going to be a goaltending duel, but the way Flurry plays makes you—it's exciting, but also makes you nervous at the same time. It doesn't matter what team, like, well, I guess if you're a Habs fan, you're you're hoping for a downfall. But if I'm just watching the series as a fan of hockey, and so I want to see success from both ends, uh, especially on the goaltending side with all the uh, the all the accolades that each of them have and everything like that. But you look, watch Flurry play; he's a bit frantic in the net. Uh, and that can play to his benefit sometimes, but it can also play to his downfall. Now, not to say, I mean, maybe there's one goal last night that was, uh, you could say, you know, he'd wish he had that one back. But so far, we've, we've been seeing that goaltending duel that we knew we were going to see. The last thing, I watched a, a video this morning about Craig Button. You know that guy? Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know. Do you do you like him? <laughs> well, his analysis? My, my point on this is that it was the TSN post that said... Uh, at least for one game, Montreal proving they should be here. I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll you know, you, you try, I think they're trying to create a bit of controversy because it's like, you know, obviously Montreal has gotten far ex- exceeded expectations. So I clicked the, the, go to the video. It's Craig Button talking about how good Petrie was and how good Craig Button didn't think the Montreal Canadiens would win one game this entire playoff. And they're on nine. They've won nine games. And he has some of the worst takes I've ever heard, like worse than our takes. And this guy's a <laughs> professional and they go to him all the time. And I just don't think he says anything that means anything. Um, my yeah. favorite is BXA and, and that, that, that panel. I think BXA has an actual like stuff to say because he played the game and, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's funny. I was talking actually just a quick side change. Do you listen to the Spit, Spit and Chicklets podcast at all? Yeah, yeah, I follow them on Twitter too and all that. I mean, um, I'm not trying to, to call people out here, but uh, I find uh, I find Biz on that podcast. I find him really hard to listen to. Um, yeah. And even uh, uh, Whitney. Um, I watched uh, I watched the Crosby interview they had. They did like an hour and a half Crosby interview, and they posted it back in November of 2020. So I just watched that like last week. And uh, Whitney, like, I, I just, I don't know. They... They don't have the, they're not the right two guys for a podcast. Whitney gets a, a pass because he's uh you know he's he's an Olympian. He's played on the U.S. Olympic team. He's played with Crosby. He played in the NHL. So did Biz, but just not at the same level. Um, so Whitney gets a little bit of a pass, but I just find it a little bit I don't know a little bit hard to listen to. I'm, I'm I'm not the best podcaster either. Like, but but they're affiliated with like Barstool and all that, and it's just kind of this different. You know, they go out golfing and they film that and. It's just one of those things that, you know, I don't know if they're personalities that I really care about, but they do put out some hot takes some 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 different angles on uh, yeah. the content. You go to TSN and Sportsnet, it's all blah, 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 blah. We're all wearing suits. And it's nice to just have people more relaxed and they can freely speak about some stuff. Definitely. And that, that I do enjoy. But and the interviews are obviously great. They have, you know, all the all the current players on there. So but I want to uh, get back to the series. Yep. Uh, like Marc Andre Fleury stole that first game. I shouldn't say steal, but you know he he won that first game, and then the second game was Carey Price's. Um, the second game, uh, uh, three goals against and uh, twenty three saves. 
Um, you had Montreal, like if you're watching the game early on, Price didn't really have too many shots. Yeah. But the shots he was getting uh, were like, could have went in every time. Like 14 shots or something like that in the first couple periods, and they all could have been goals. So the nice thing about these two goaltenders, their greatness is about being there at the right time, showing up when they need to. Flurry's always going to flail and and have that kind of, not Dominic Hasek, but like that kind of personality on the ice where you see him in contrast to Carey Price, where sometimes when goals go in on Price, you're like, were you even trying? You know, like, <laughs> were you awake? You know, you, you see in that, uh, when the puck dropped, was it against Winnipeg, that first game where he wasn't even turned around? It wasn't really his fault, but he was sitting there facing uh, his net, and they dropped the puck, and he turned around calmly. And, you know, he's just one of these guys, and um, it's just nice to see the contrast. They're going back to Montreal. I do worry about the Montreal crowd. I've always found that the Montreal crowd actually works against us sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, you, you get so hyped. The anthem is playing. There's more people there. Everyone's, you know, waving their flags. You're like, oh, this is a home, home ice advantage. And then they just do stupid things and they get behind and the crowd bums them out. And, you know, you're watching it and you're going, wow, I'd rather have an empty arena. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I can um, see that. You look at the Philly Atlanta game I was watching last night, and we'll chat about that a little bit later, but there's a, a bit of a collapse there by the 676ers. And at the end of the game, when they finished, the fans were booing. And, I mean, this is you're in the second round of the playoffs. You lose. It's just a game. Like, you got two more games. To, like, you're not out of the playoffs, and you're getting booed by your home fan. It's just... Uh, well, they were down a lot of points. I know we're going to talk basketball. Yeah, we'll get to that a little it, later. But it, was, just... it was a complete collapse. Um, but it's still, but... I, the point is, is that I don't know if, if it still warrants booing from your... Like, you need support at that time. Like, you just collapsed. You know, you got to get your guys ready to go to Atlanta to win a game six so you can come back to, to Philly. I just don't think that's the right message you send your players. That's all I want to get see... to be interesting to see who has the best fans are there fans that are more forgiving and, and and better across sports than others i mean philly fans new york fans like these guys they're older cities and they have a yeah. lot of history boston so you're gonna get emotions all i wanted to say about uh lastly about that game last night is if you look at who scored armia that's one line to foley he's still on a point streak that was another line and Paul Byron had one of the nicest goals there. Um, uh, Deacon out flurry there. Uh, and he had a goal. So you have three lines, three to four lines, like we said earlier this week, that are involved, which is what more can you ask for from a, from a hockey team? Um, and it's still crazy. And I saw it on TV kind of uh, this morning looking at what do we have? Tampa Islanders, Golden Knights, and the Habs. And it's just like, wow, we – even though we can still talk if this counts, if it means anything to me, it's going to mean something. It's obviously meaningful right now as the Habs make this run. Um, am I going to like it as much as 93 or any other cup that happened? I don't think, uh, I don't think it's the same as if the Leafs win. If you, if you get what I'm saying, the Leafs were to win this year, having this best squad, all of a sudden, from 67, they finally win. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to start looking at it going, where were you the last, like, years? Like, you know, before COVID, before this new format, before the North Division, before all this stuff. The Habs, who I felt like shouldn't even been involved in this tournament, 
shouldn't even be in the place that they're in, have performed and done well. I know it's a Montreal bias that I have, but if you get what I'm saying, I do think it's different. Tampa, if they were to win this year, I would have to go, wow, they have a squad that won in the bubble. They won this year. They stayed healthy. Like I feel like it's case by case in a sense. People may not like that, and people might think that's kind of waffling, but I still think it's way different. Leafs win. Can you hear me? Yeah, you switched over mics, did you? <laughs> I think we're losing you. How about now? Yeah. I'm good. back, baby. Anyway, I'm just saying the inconsistencies, I know, but if the Leafs were to win, I would have to look at that as being, come on, where have you been these past few decades? You won this time? Yeah. Whereas I mean, Tampa had won it last year, could win it again this year. I would say, okay, that makes more sense, if you get what I'm saying. For sure. And we'll chat. I mean, too, too many topics just to cover all today, but I'd like to chat sometime about the $18 million over the salary cap with Tampa. That It kind of puts a really... Uh, it puts a, a soft spot on that if they win this year. And I don't know about last year, what their caps situation was like, but um, I want to get back to the last thing on this Montreal Vegas series so far, one, one series. Uh, we know like we, they, yeah, they make it a series. Now it's going six or seven in, in my, my mind. Um, that's the patch ready trade. Uh, no one's, I mean, it's, it is one of the storylines. I know you don't really care for it. And uh to me, that Pacioretty trade, looking back on it, is probably a win-win for both teams. Like you could say, who, who has uh, who won the trade or whatever. I think I think it's a win-win. Vegas uh, built a win-now team, and that's what they've been doing since 2018. Since they came into the league, they're ready to. They're in the final. They've been competitive every year. And then you could argue Suzuki has developed quicker than what maybe people thought, and he looks great. Tatar, maybe you know, you had you had him for a good couple of years. He's not doing much uh, right now, but. Anyway, win-win. I think I for drafted both. Him. I drafted him. Like, did not like. There's like, where, where's he at? Yeah, he win, sucks all of a sudden. Win-win for both teams, in my view. And uh, I mean, if Vegas wins, they'll be like, yeah, obviously we won the trade. But you never know if. Uh, I mean, Suzuki's super young, right? Montreal might have the longevity of. Okay, well, we had this. See guy. the bump on Patcheretti near the end of the game to Foley and them getting the scuffle. Yeah, love it. I love it. Playoff hockey, baby. Yeah. Um. Let's talk basketball here. Definitely. Let's start here with uh we we I mean we got to go right to the unbelievable performance the other night. They're calling it one of the best uh playoff performances in the history, if not the best playoff performance in the history from a statistical point of view. What is it, what's your what's your take for? Let's set this up. You set this up for us. Uh I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, you know, KD has always been one of my favorites. I don't like him uh, for a lot of the reasons I don't like a lot of players these days moving around, uh, moving to um, teams, joining their friends, you know, chasing championships. I hate this Brooklyn team. I think they're like the villains. But you kind of want to see them work now that they have injuries and they have problems and you're going, okay, KD, what can you do? Harden couldn't do much, even though he was a good decoy out there. You're saying, okay, you know what? KD, it's time. You need to have your game. He hasn't really had one of his classic games. You know what I mean? Like, you look back at LeBron, you look back at Larry Bird and Kobe. Like, 
all these great players have had their games where they just it's an instant classic and that's that's what they need to do to win and he had it man he not only played both ends of the court that's the other thing what did he what is his what is his stats he scored 49 points uh hold up a sec he scored 40 yeah 49 points 10 assists 17 rebounds he went four for nine from three point, 16 uh, for 23 in the field goal. He played 48 minutes and he played both ends. He, it's not like he just played offense and then trickled back. He was playing defense, man. That was a, that was a great performance. You got to roll with your players. Uh, some people might've been watching that going, Oh geez, what he's going to get injured. What, what are you guys doing? He's your only guy left. doesn't matter. It's playoffs and you got to roll with it and hopefully he stays healthy and it works. Um, what, what a great performance. It reminded me of Rutgers Park where he's playing in that outdoor tournament and he's just a god. Um, I love his style. I like his skill set. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I and then in getting like Jeff Green, as you're seeing going, Harris hasn't hit a shot all series, just trash. Um, there was really no one out there to help the Nets. Um, Harden clearly couldn't get up. You could tell his shot was just like short and he really didn't have, he wasn't able to elevate. So, you know, Hey, KD show up, but what's going on? And he does. And that was, that was a, that was a classic performance, man. I, I would put that. Uh, I don't know where I put that. I don't want to corner myself right now, but yeah. it, it was, it was a great performance to see. You got the big three of KD Griffin and Jeff green as your new big three in Brooklyn uh partially a joke but uh yeah jeff green was six for six i think from three he did or maybe seven for seven and then he did miss one near the end but unbelievable shooting um tucker zero points for for the bucks i more more uh quick fire questions here for you does that save the buck the the net season was that win that big that it saved the, the nets from getting knocked off i I don't know what to make of the Bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like dodging this question because like the Nets lead three two, the Bucks could have won two of these two. The, the series could have been over by now. And I, I heard Barkley talk about this. They got to be the dumbest team. Like the things that they do, and it might be the coaching. We can talk about that maybe at the end of the season. But they got to be the dumbest team that is close enough to 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 win a championship. It's it just doesn't make any sense. Some of the things that they do, uh, Giannis, get in the paint. Middleton, take some better shots. Giannis, stop shooting threes. I mean, he shot a lot better from the free throw line, but when it when it mattered the most, he he uh, fumbled that ball, that pass that was from Middleton to him in the paint. That was a game changer. That's it's easily as one to two plays. Um, I think Bucks will come out and win the next game. Uh, I don't see KD doing that again. Uh, and then we'll see what happens uh, in game seven. Uh, I think it's going to go go all the, go the distance and stuff, but you I've been wrong goes, before. You think it goes seven games? So we have uh, Phoenix winning. They swept. They're, they've, uh, you know, they're on the, the, the conference final. Every other series is now 3-2. What series, if any, do you think, what team could come back from that 3-2 deficit? 76ers, Bucks, or your Jazz? Um. Yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks could definitely come back. Like I said, I think they could do it in a stupid way. I don't think it'll be pretty. 
Um, but they have a formula that can how, – how many points were they up in some of these games? You know, we don't really have the stat. Megan? Where's Ma- Where's Megan at? Um, but you can see some of these games, they're, they're up. They have total control. They just don't know what – like they have some poor shot selections. Um, and then 76ers, well, that's just the strangest series. Uh, and maybe that says more about Atlanta. People have been counting out Atlanta – they have no superstars. Uh, they'll be surprised that they even, like, you know, look at their regular season record. It wasn't that great. No way we thought, no way we thought they were going to be in this position. I don't care who you think you are. Yeah. It was impressive to start seeing them uh, play against the Knicks. Uh, it was all fun in games. It was, and Trey was there, and it was Ice Trey and all this stuff. They, they're going to beat 76ers. That, that, was, that was an amazing comeback. Um, Embiid really, really had a great performance. You can't knock him out. Ben Simmons is trash. He he was missing open dunks. He's so rattled at the free throw line. I just don't know what he even contri- contributes. I didn't even think he played great defense, but uh, maybe I was watching a different game. Embiid, I love his style, um, and he was putting it to Ka- Capella. I like that matchup. He's great Especially the beef that they had uh, kind of beforehand. Capella can talk the talk, and Embiid can talk back. Um, and then they, Atlanta squeezed one out, and psh, that could be a big game changer. I think that's over, and going back to Atlanta for game six, you think Atlanta closes it out? I mean, it, Embiid... I think Atlanta closes it out. Yeah. I think Embiid is injured. Uh, I think that deflated them. Um, that, that was, that was, yeah, it's huge. That was a great, that was a huge comeback. I w- I was watching the game and I, I flipped over. I was like, I, I enjoyed watching Embiid and stuff, but I was like, uh, this is, this is, this is embarrassing. And I see Trey and these guys in the huddle looking, looking like they're like, what's going on here? And I'm thinking, uh, you know, they had a huddle and what's his name there. I can't remember the coach's name, uh, for Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, but basically going, Hey guys, let's get back to what we do. Play some defense, play defense. And the offense will come and And that's what happened. They got a couple stops. Uh, so and they hit a few big shots. This makes me think, um, it makes me think, you know, what, like, this is what my brain does anyway. How does you, you look at the Sixers, they praise their, their def- defense. They get, they trade Richardson for Seth Curry, who's Seth Curry. I think has been lights out for them. Uh, yeah. And Richardson was there for his defensive, you know, capabilities, whatever, uh, perimeter defense. And then, but you have Simmons, who is known for his uh, defensive capabilities. Embiid is good on defense, of course. Um, does defense really win games? If you look at, you know, look at that game, you look at Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young's not known for his, his defense, but he can score. He's offensive. Um, is maybe offense more important than defense, or is it's just Simmons? You know, is he not a max contract kind of guy? Like maybe he is a he's a good piece, but for the right price. He's like I don't even know where he's at in a top forty. He's at the bottom. He's like a lower tier player as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I think defense wins games. It's an old sports adage. It's a it's an old basketball adage. But you you got to look at it. I mean, this day and age, the game has changed where. People are shooting more threes. They're putting up way more points. Players are averaging, you know, like when you look back at Melo averaging 22 points per game, and that was like lights out. Well, that's that's a bad game, I guess, in 2021 uh, for a superstar. Um, 
I think defensive stops at the right time, you know, that rim protection, you see the, the wall that they put up against Giannis, Giannis backs up, charges, and then, and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They put up the wall. Um, I think defense really leads to transition points, right? And uh, you got to have a good defensive team. Last I mean, you don't have, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just saying Atlanta doesn't have any superstars. They don't have the defensive player. Like defensive superstars? The defensive superstars. You don't have the Gobert. Like, if you yeah. look at what's happening, it's unfortunate because we have to talk about all these injuries that are happening. And LeBron said something earlier in his in his tweets. But you have great matchups with great players at the right time. It's being ruined by these injuries for whatever reason. You had Gobert, who's the best defensive player in Utah. You got Kawhi and Paul George. Um, you got you got Embiid, who was the MVP but yeah. got injured. You got Bucks, who's a two-time MVP. Uh, Giannis, two-time MVP. You got KD saying, "Hey, what about me? You guys forget about Kevin." Dur you know, you got Brooklyn, the, the super team that got two two of their superstars injured. Like you had a perfect recipe in the NBA for the great greatest players. I mean, LeBron and AD got injured. Um, you know, Lakers are out of the mix. So it is strange to see what's happening right now. And it's unfortunate. I don't know if it's actually avoidable. I mean, I got to get to it. Like LeBron's talking after the fact. He talks pretty loud. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know he had an issue with it early on, but he wasn't talking as loud. They get eliminated. And you know he's kind of just waiting for these things to happen. And it's unfortunate. Um, not everyone's a Jokic that can play 72 games and, you know, not get hurt. But Kawhi, like, I sent you a list, I think, the other day. How many people? Like, that's a yeah. damn shame. Kawhi, uh, Embiid, LeBron, AD, Chris Paul at some point. You know, the list yeah. goes on. These are, these are guys that yeah. need to be – Mitchell. These are guys that need to be uh, healthy. Um. And you, you got to do something. I do agree. You got to do something to protect them. But I don't think, man, it's all just, it's fair to say it's all just uh, bubble, not enough time off, getting back into a new season. I think they're overtraining. Uh, I really do. I think the technology and the, the, medicine, the sports medicine is, is all good this day and age. Mm -hmm. But they just need to be playing the sport. And I think there's too much of it. There's too much of overuse injuries. Like, you know, back in the 90s when Rodman had to go to Vegas and take a couple days off, that's healthy. That's not going to ruin your game. That's what he needed. You know, he needed to get that stuff out of his system. Um, these guys are strength and conditioning coaches. And they're training and they're weightlifting. And they're yeah. probably doing things they don't even need to do. They're, they're trying to put on muscle mass, deadlifting and squatting. It's not even sports specific. Look at KD. Why? Look at his arms. He's the Slim Reaper. <laughs> He's a skinny dude. Yeah. I mean... That's the other thing about KD. He had one of the worst injuries. You could like an Achilles yeah. injury is like, and then he drops. He plays a full game and drops forty nine points. That's just that's just something that I don't think we can actually really acknowledge right now. We're gonna have to look back at five years and go like that was that was a game, man. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they win the series. He's got. He's almost got. Well, I don't. I hate calling it the member mentality because I think that's should be applied most mostly to Kobe and what everything he's done. But he's got something similar, his own aurora. He's got his own mentality, his own killer instinct. And uh, 
I mean, you, you, you just talked about it coming back from that injury and, and all that. You carrying a team the other night uh, by himself, well, by himself uh, with no other superstar. He's got that instinct where he goes out and he'll he'll be the best. He is the best player in the world right now in my in my view. Um, and he played it like played like it the other night. Now, really quick, Sixers. Last thing I want to touch on with them before we move on a little bit. Uh, the Simmons. Trade. They had an opportunity to trade him in a package for James Harden. Do you think there's any regret there right now? Uh, was that actually a real thing? Absolutely, yeah. So the Sixers. Or it was abated. I, I forget what the package was, that, but they were definitely in talks. It was a Simmons package. Uh, it might have been another piece, like a, a, a prospect or like, a, you know, Thibel or someone, and then a pick or something. It was a big ask for James Harden. But now when you're looking back on it, when you could have Harden and Embiid, you could have the pick and rolls there. You could have the the Seth Curry Harden, on, the, Harden, on the perimeter. Like, Harden's a, again, I think we should do a top uh, top 10 or top 20 or something uh, soon. But Harden's, he's one of the best players in the league um, when he's healthy. Uh, you saw, what did he do? Four points that last game, but it definitely opened up for KD. Yeah. He was doing things that were super strange. Um, if you're watching him, he couldn't really elevate. He couldn't move the way he usually does. There was one play um, that the shot clock was going to expire. He just did, like, KD went and took the ball from him and shot it up and saved the, saved the possession. KD just showed up in big, big moments. He's going to get his. Um, no one's going to stop him. They just say they got to make it harder for him. And that's what P.J. Tucker is doing. P.J. Tucker's doing things that are probably not even basketball moves, to be honest. Grabbing his jersey, bumping him, smashing him. He eye-gouged Harden, whether it was an accident, I know. But, like, he's just one of these physical guys. Um, And that's probably the only way you can try to stop someone like KD. That's pretty amazing. There's one time he shot over four guys, I think. Three or four guys. Everyone just... I just don't understand, like... Anyway, like the Bucks got problems. The, the Bucks, Bucks got problems. Just dish it. Just Co- dish it. Coaching was terrible. It almost, when I was watching the game, because I did watch that entire game, I couldn't turn it off. The uh, the Bucks looked like they were pl- playing pick, like my pickup basketball, which were all trash. And yeah. basically, you get the ball, you dribble in a little bit, you try your moves. If you get yeah. if you get gummed up, you kick it out. And that's really what the Bucks were doing. They would Giannis would dribble up. First of all, we chatted a bunch of about this. Why is Giannis dribbling the ball up? Rip brings the ball up. He goes in. He tries to you know they build a wall. Okay, I got to kick it out. Kicks it out to uh, whoever uh, Middleton. Middleton tries to go in, get a mid range. Nope, don't like it. Kicks it out to someone. Else. Like it's just it looks like not. Te- they were playing team basketball at the start, and then it ended up being this weird form of ISO pickup because because he ball. probably thinks, and I don't know if someone's telling him this, but he probably thinks he's the guy that needs to do this. Drew Holiday is not a great point guard, but he can he can bring up. A little bit more than what than Giannis acting like LeBron, you know what I mean? Like dribbling up the ball and creating that offense is not a good look on him. That people know what to do. They just they form this wall. I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast, and it was interesting. They saying they thought maybe one thing Giannis is lacking, like if you look at KD, KD's been playing basketball since he was four years old. He's been part of teams. He's been in the mix. He's been at every level of basketball. Like, this isn't a guy that just showed up in the NBA like this. You know, basketball has been a part of his whole life. 
And Giannis, not really. He kind of he kind of had that growth spurt. He he never had a dream to go into the NBA. He probably wanted to play some Euro ball and like Greece, and then started started think, seeing things open up for him. So I thought that was interesting. It's almost like they were saying Giannis may not have that bag of tricks that he can pull from when he's down or when the, the game's on the line. Going, okay, what do I need to do here? Uh, I'm you know I'm Giannis. KD saying I'm KD. I know who I am. I'm gonna get mine. All right, I got talking about Bucks. You're Giannis. You're coming off your second MVP, consecutive MVP. You you've been bounced if, uh, from the playoffs earlier than expect, like earlier than you were expected to uh, in the past two or three seasons. You're coming up to a, an unrestricted free agent year. Now I know you're a big loyalty guy, and that's cool. But do you think there's any sort of regret? Giannis this summer could have walked to any team. Could have signed anywhere in the NBA. How much? And in my mind, I go, hmm. Where's their other turmoil? Okay, well, the Mavericks have this young superstar who's going to be the future of the league. They're having trouble with uh, Porzingis, their number two guy. Maybe move on. But if Giannis signs for Dallas, you have Giannis and Luca as your next dynasty. Whenever they can develop and get the right pieces around them, do you think there's any regret in Giannis and? Uh, yeah, I guess just your overall thoughts. I should, should he have walked, or is he is he right to to stay? I mean, the, the, what did the team go? Uh, I'm looking it up here. Bucks went like 46 and 26 or something. They they really put all their eggs in a basket, saying that this is our team. Okay, let's let's forget about what's happening right now. Think about earlier in the season. This is our team. We believe in our team. We're doubling down. This is the team to win the championship, right? It's the, it's the only way to really go about it. Now, him losing maybe again in the playoffs and he's sitting there this summer thinking about it, maybe there's some regret, but I don't think he is that kind of guy. I think he is a guy that believes in himself. You can see it in his eyes. He really wants to win. Um, that doesn't mean he may not be going, oh, man, is Middleton my guy? Or like, you know, like you might be looking at some pieces and stuff that they might be missing. Did I want to see him go to Dallas, like, hypothetically? Oh, my goodness. That would, Porzingis is not the guy. That would be pretty you fun. Know, he, he, he's, he's unhappy because he wants to be the guy, and Luca's being the guy. Um, Luca and Giannis would be completely uh, the combo that you would need to win a championship. Um, but I just think Giannis has to do some – if they lose this year, they got to really figure out who Giannis is and how he should look at the game. Um, he's a guy that needs to develop a better shot. I don't know if he can do that this summer. Um, but he also needs to understand his his role. Like, even when he doesn't have the ball, he comes into the paint, like right next to you, clogs up and goes, give me the ball. You know, it's just, it's boring and it doesn't work. Yeah. Come off a screen, roll. Um, he has no other threat. They're leaving him open for a three-point shot all the time, and he's taking them. And that's what. And I know we were chatting like, why is he shooting threes? But the I uh, don't know. I think because he's because it's open and he's competitive. So he's like, okay, you're gonna leave me open. I gotta hit this thing. Yeah, it's just not falling. He's not it, a shooter like it, that. If the Bucks lose, you gotta think Coach Bud is gone. Um, he's definitely gone. <laughs> he's he's awful. He's making some moves that are just completely awful. It's kind of it's yeah. It does pain to watch because that was their game to lose. That's their series to lose, and they really let the momentum go the other way. Um, let's trip. 
Let's quickly talk Clippers though, because I gotta run soon. Yeah, I know uh, you gotta go. Uh, last thing on the Bucks, and I just yeah. like lifting with these small storylines. Giannis signs that deal before the summer, before playoffs. Like, wh- I don't know the stress of why not wait, see what happens in the playoffs. I, it makes me think: Did the Bucks staff, and this is all speculation, would, did they put some pressure saying, you know, if you don't sign by the trade deadline, I don't know when if you did sign before or after the trade deadline, but. If you don't sign by the trade deadline, we're going to be forced to trade you because if you walk in the summer, it's a huge asset. So we either need to know where you're getting traded. Like I don't want maybe to... maybe maybe he thought, okay, you know what, my my squad needs, my team needs to know if I'm I'm here and I'm committed. So I'm going to show them I'm committed and I'll sign now. I don't know. Like I'd be interested to know about that. But yeah, let's move on to Clippers. Uh, man, this is a team that we all wrote off against Dallas. I mean, not wrote off, but we had doubts about. And they were down 2-0 to Dallas, and now they're, they got the Jazz where they want them. What are your thoughts? Well, there's no Kawhi. And I know PG had this big game, but Kawhi's gone, right? He's done. For this ACL? playoff? I don't know. He got an ACL injury, I think. So um, it's one of those things like the Clippers are the most stressful team to watch and to be fans of, you know, especially where they were like, yeah, this is boring. We're gonna slaughter everyone. We're the LA team, you know. They're they're this team that wanted to be it and they weren't it and they were trying to figure it out, right? Um maybe Doc wasn't the guy, they got rid of him and, and here we are. Um they're down two and oh uh to who were they down two and oh to? Uh Den not Denver. Um This year? This da- year, yeah. Dallas? Playoffs. Uh, Dallas, you know, like there's there was like they're so Jekyll and Hyde from game to game that you don't know. And I I said I'm not counting them out when they go down to uh, Utah, right? But now here we are. We that's with Kawhi though. You know, like I don't know why people started forgetting about Kawhi and doubting Kawhi. You know, I I know he's he hasn't uh, looked good as far as who he is as, as a Clipper. You know, versus like other teams that he's been on. But they're trying to figure it out. It's their second year. They put a lot of pressure on this one this one year right now, and um, Kawhi is out. You're going okay. Now I'm left with PG thirteen. Oh, this is going to be this will be interesting. And he had a big game last night, right? Um, is this a time where he can erase that pandemic P playoff? This P is his nickname? time. This is what he needs to do. You know what I mean? Like if this is not a time to show your greatness, you're up three two. Against you know the Jazz are a team that uh, that have injuries too. Donovan Mitchell is another guy that deserves some respect, and no one really talks about throughout the year. We know he's good, but we just don't give him enough credit, right? Rudy Gobert, you know, he caused the whole COVID lockdown, as far as everyone thinks. Or you know, that was a lot of weight for him. Uh, and here we are; he's the Defensive Player of the Year again. So, um, I think uh, the Clippers can can seal this can get through the jazz i just don't know where they're going championship wise without Kawhi. i know you gotta uh i know you listen to bill simmons podcast i tuned in for one of his episodes right after the kd game and it's kind of a funny take they made they said do you throw game six do you 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 rest harden you rest Kyrie, of course i think Kyrie's done for the playoff but you rest all rest your guys kd plays restricted minutes you don't want to injure him but he's out yeah. there. He'll, he'll play. You know, if you win the game, yeah. you win the game. But you, yeah. you, 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 you th- almost intentionally throw game six, and then you, you make Milwaukee come back to Brooklyn. You play game seven, 
And uh, I know like that's not really a good strategy, but it's just an interesting concept to think about. But that's got- how things are talked about. Cause I mean, a lot of these guys can control games like that. You saw it with LeBron James, LeBron James. There was times like in the first half he quit. I mean, I'm going to call it quit on his team, but he just knew because he's so intelligent, right? They say he's so intelligent with the game and he knows what he's got. It's not that he's giving up, but he's like, all right, well, we don't got it today. We'll, we'll just go back. We'll win game five. You know, he has that mentality over a series of how he can turn it on and, and switch gears, especially quarter to quarter from first half to second half. I don't like that strategy. Anything can happen in sports. Yeah. Anything can happen in a game. It, you're always one injury away or one bad call. Just get it done when you can get it done as soon as you can. So you look at this, you look at the Clippers and, and Jazz, and they're in a similar situation. Do you because if they win, uh, whenever they play next, probably tomorrow night, if they win that third round, the conference final m- might start because uh, the Suns are rested, they're ready to go. And so, I'm not like obviously you don't intentionally throw the game, but is that in your mind? Oh, if we if we lose, we um, then we come. You know, we I guess they're going back to to LA. It's for in game your six. mind. You're probably thinking it. If the game is is slipping away, it's not something that you're looking like you're going to yeah. win. You're going, okay, let's, you know, all right, we got we got this next one for sure. But what if you don't? Yeah. Last thing, um, and then we let you go. The Jazz, we really talk about them. They're the number one seed in the West. I'm watching the highlights here now. I watched part of this game last night before I fell asleep. They can shoot. Uh, I mean, we know that. They're shooting a ton of threes. Mitchell's going crazy, um, yeah. but ain't Joe, Joe Ingles, like, this guy's balding. This, you know what I mean? God, he's I like, he's like Caruso. God, I hate Ingles. You know? And so, are we not, like, are they, are you writing them off? Can they come back? Um, and uh, I guess... Utah's a team that uh, has always been a team, I think it's, like, personal for me. I just don't like Utah. I never liked Carl Malone, Stockton, all that. So like something psychologically happens when I start thinking of Utah. But they're a great team and they're never ever getting that uh that marquee uh limelight. They're not really getting the credit when they when they want it, uh when they deserve it. Um Donovan Mitchell has said it in interviews. He was even going back against Shaq going like you don't even watch basketball, do you? Like you see what we're doing out here? Um I think they're a team that could easily go through the Clippers. I just, I don't, I don't think it's their time right now. This is the Clippers' time. They got too much to lose right now, especially Kawhi getting injured, which is just the worst thing that could have happened. But let's go. Let's see what PG can do. Let's see what the team. I know can I said do. last thing, but that we'll wrap up here. Kawhi. Everly's trash. By the way, who? he's the worst. Get rid of him. Trash. <laughs> the uh, most dangerous basketball player. You got Kawhi hurt. If he's done for the season, he's in. I think he he signed a two year contract with with the Clippers. This is coming to an end this summer. There's always the rumor or the chance that he leaves. He wanted to go to L.A. He wants to live in L.A. We all know that. Could we see his time? What did he play his last game as a Clipper? Maybe. Potentially. Potentially. Do you want to buy some? Um, uh, Where's he going? (laughs) New York. Miami. L.A. No, he won't. Miami, go. New York. Went to the Lakers. What would happen? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, New York. I don't know. It's gonna get. It's anyway, gonna get interesting. Yeah. Something to think who's about. Who's winning? Who's winning the championship? Go. The Suns. Yeah, that's a good pick. They're probably the most complete team if they're healthy. I mean, we know we got Chris Paul on the COVID list. Um, I think it came out to be COVID. It was just health and safety protocol, or what? It was. I forget what they called it, but it could have been health or family reasons. But I think it is. If COVID. it was LeBron, they'd let him play. That's for sure. They'd let him play. It was LeBron. Anyway, 
All right, we'll let you go. I know you got to run. Uh, I got to run. Thanks for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for the next show coming up soon. Have a great day, guys. Cheers.